Stay Doomed is part of the IWEP Podcast Network. Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We're your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Houlihan. We've come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we'll analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, or only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. Goodbye, brother. This is part two of Inhumans. Yes, welcome back. Before we jump into Inhumans, I have a little bit of business I want to do beforehand. I? Uh, I asked in our 1775 episode, and we're we're, we're recording a bit ahead of time and stuff, so that's why it took so long for me to mention this. I asked, why did you listen to this episode of Stay Doomed? Okay. And uh, we got some responses to that. So Yay! thank you to those like uh, Xavier and Nancy and uh, Danish Guy Reviews for all responding to that. I got t- We got two basic answers to this question. Yeah. One was, uh, you're my Tuesday thing. Because we release on Tuesdays, Wednesdays on the uh, IWEP network. And uh, it's just part of the ritual. So thank you for your loyalty if you're part of that group. And uh, the other answer is... We love it when you do weird stuff. Yeah. So there are those who just enjoy when, instead of doing something long-awaited that people know about, when we do something super weird and obscure. Yeah. So we try to throw those in every now and then. Yeah. So. Uh, also, the weird, obscure things are nice because they're usually one episode. So we're able to put them in between these longer episodes. Yes. So that we can stay on schedule. Yes, indeed. So I just want to thank everybody for uh, responding to the poll. And now we can get into Inhumans Part 2, and now we can pour one out. What do you got there, Lara? I'm glad you asked, because I haven't opened it yet. Yeah, get that. Yeah, audio. This takes place in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And so I have my favorite uh, Hawaiian beer. It is Kona Classic Pipeline. It is their coffee porter. And uh, they hadn't had it at our liquor stores for a couple years. So when I saw it in our last trip, I was like, <gasps> and uh, it is... Any excuse to buy this. Uh, I would have bought it had we not had an excuse. Uh, it was more, oh, this takes place in Hawaii. The excuse was to, to be able to drink it. <laughs> and also the second part of uh, two-part episodes, you're always kind of scrambling for that second cocktail. Like, yeah, I already, I already came up with something. Is it as good as you remembered? Yes. Would you like to taste oh, it? Oh, I'd love to have a sip of this one. You've mm. had this before. Of it course. is good. It's one of the few uh, coffee beers you usually also like. I do really enjoy that beer. It's very light. Mm. So I, I did some, some soul searching for my cocktail. Uh, I wanted something, because it does take place in Hawaii. I was like, oh, I'll get something tropical. And then I was trying to think, all right, so you got, you got, you got Black Bolt and his... Uh, his power is like auditory and super strong. So something auditory, something super strong. I got me no. a tropical beatbox. It's back. Beatbox, y'all. Still not sponsoring us, you cowards. We could be sponsoring. You could sponsor us, but you playing beatbox. Have at me. I'm taking my first sip of this. Ooh. Ooh. 
Ooh, that is tropical and strong. And I'm drinking it out of a straw to make it like kind of fancier of a drink and also so that the ice doesn't rattle for audio reasons, but it's a metal straw, so there's still noise. Yeah, it's we're, we were trying to be eco-friendly, so we have the stainless steel yeah. straws. Do you, want, do you want some of this? Uh, do you want this evil in your life? Yeah, I like that it's not quite clear. Yeah, it's a weird, it almost looks like a rosé, like a pink champagne of sorts. I don't like that that's good. Mm-hmm. I don't, I have concerns. Beatbox! Like, yeah. that one is better than the other ones we've tried. Yeah. And I don't love that. <laughs> yeah, well, I would love this a whole lot more if Beatbox sponsored us. Yeah, like give us I your asked. money, Beatbox. Yeah, come on. We could be partners, but but you play in. <laughs> now, let's get no into the No one's been on TikTok too much recently. <laughs> That's not true. I just don't want to be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. All right. You've had one sip of that beatbox. I have a lot of concerns about how this episode's going to go. So when we left in Humans... Previously on Stay Doomed. Uh, Kernak was hooking up with a lady. Yes. And outside, uh, one of her friends was digging a grave for another one of her friends. Yes. So, so it's the morning after. And they're laying there in the morning after afterglow. Like yes. It's, you know, she's laying on his chest... It's very cute. They yeah. talk about like, you know, usually when I sleep with someone, they're gone by the mor- by dawn's first light. Mm-hmm. And like, which tells you that Karnak must be annoying. Can I ask a, a weird question? Sure. That I'm sure you don't know the answer to. Oh, great. But uh, I'd like to just throw out there. The moon doesn't rotate, right? Do they have a dawn? Uh, you know that the moon as we see it, is sun reflecting off the moon, and that's what we see. Right. So I imagine they do see the sun. We do see sunny days and nighttime. It might just be how the dome is structured to simulate it. Because when we see outside the dome later, it is nighttime looking out there, but daytime in the dome. Right. So it might just be to emulate the circadian rhythms. Because living in all daytime or all nighttime is not healthy for people? Right. What I'm saying is there is a dark side of the moon and there's a light side of the moon. So wouldn't there always be a side that is facing the sun? Thus, there would be no dawn on the moon. Yeah, but they live under a dome that we see is altered. Why Why you gotta do this? I came up with a good joke. <laughs> Don't, why are you defending the show? Because there's a lot of plot holes, I'm not going to create more. All right. Okay, fine. So So then they get out of the tent. No, wait. First, the, they're, they're laying there in this kind of afterglow. And they, we cut to evil Nathan Drake. Whose name I found out is Remo from looking Remo? it up. Remo? Yes. That, is an, that, that sounds like the name you would give a bizarro Nathan Drake is Remo. Like, it's not quite... Nathan Drake backwards, but kind of. Well, we have a friend named Vegas. And right. like I always feel like Reno is what he gets uh, stuck with whenever we try to give him a fake name for any reason. Yeah. So Remo is sitting on like a park bench type structure. Or not a park, but like a picnic table. Yeah. Loading a gun, waiting for them to like leave the tent. Because I guess it would have been rude to kill them in their sleep. 
Yeah. Like, why is he sitting there like, I'll wait this way they have a chance to see me and possibly react rather than just shoot them while they're laying down naked? Just saying. Yeah, see, there were already enough plot holes. I didn't feel the need to make more. All right. So uh, they get up and he shoots at them. Yes. But Karnak deflects the bullet with his powers, but he deflects it into Jen. He cuts the bullet in half with his hand? Yeah. And still ends up with her getting shot. Great work, Karnak. And so they're off and running, and she runs for an impressively long time, considering she has just been shot. Mm -hmm. And then they do fall, but they land in the other guy's grave. Yes. Uh, Ted's grave. And Karnak, while the guy's looking for them, they're hiding in the grave and he throws a rock in another another direction to get the guy's attention away from them. Yeah, he straight up, uh, the last of us fools him. And then he gets a call. On the, his wrist thingamajig. No, no, no. Um, the bad, evil Nathan Drake gets a call. Oh, yeah, that's right. From their buyers. Yes. So he goes and takes the call. Meanwhile... Meanwhile, more uh, snuggling is happening. Yeah, Medusa and Louise is now driving Miss Daisy, Medusa and Bolt. They're like mm-hmm. snuggled in her backseat and she's just driving. And Bolt is kind of pushing on her about discussing the loss of her hair. Yes. Which she doesn't want to discuss. And the way their conversation goes. Now, obviously everything with Bolt is signed or uh, expressed yeah. through facial expressions. Right. But it sounds like they're discussing a sexual assault or rape. Mm-hmm. And Louise's facial expressions take it that she is clearly interpreting it that way. Yes. Uh, and then my next note is, oh yeah, there's a girl in the trunk. Because I had forgotten yeah. between episodes that they had stuffed locusts in the back of a truck. Yes. Trunk. My next note is, does Black Bolt ever burp? Or sneeze. Or sneeze. That's... That's a good question. Yeah, I thought it was a good question. Um, so they let Locus out of the trunk, and she kind of just complains about how badly the royal family treats people. And Louise is like, I see your point. We did just stuff you into a trunk. Yeah, Like, yeah. Louise is like, Locus has fair, a point. Fair, And then Maximus calls Locus, who gets a call on her wrist thing, and she's looking for Auron. Mm-hmm. Like, Max is second in command. And then Medusa answers the call and says that, yeah, I'm with Black Bolt. Next time he sees you, he wants to have a few words with you. Yeah, which means murder, because his power is words. Uh, Meanwhile. 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 uh, In Dave's barn, Lockjaw is, like, starting to get better. And Crystal and Dave's ex-girlfriend, Vet Audrey, are arguing about, like what Lockjaw and Crystal are. And then Crystal and Lockjaw teleport out and Audrey is left standing there like, well, damn. I I wanted so bad for her to throw up. Like, I just love, there's something so funny to me being like, this dog can't teleport you. It's just a big dog. Like, like ignoring the fact that it's a giant dog. Yeah, there's no way that you can teleport. And then they just vanish in front of her eyes and she's just like, what happened? I think it would have been funnier of like, ah, guess he can teleport. I, I think this show is way too full of people seeing insane powers and going, okay. 
that just once I wanted a character to go, oh no, my reality is crumbling. So, uh, we then see an autopsy scene of one of Aaron's crew. We don't know his name because he didn't get one. No, he wasn't important enough to get one. And next to him is Aaron's corpse. Yes. Burned up. As they probably should not have made Aaron, Locus, and Flora look so similar. All dark haired. Yes. And then Aaron is like burned badly. Yeah. So like you can't even really like look at her face and get a strong mm-hmm. uh, clue of who she is. Because I, we then lose track of Flora. Yeah, because like the way Flora was different is she had white in her hair, but you wouldn't really be able to tell that if there was an explosion. Yeah. And Flora and Aaron have like kind of different looking eyes, which you can't tell when their eyes are closed. And they have a ton of burn makeup on. And they have tons of burn makeup on, so this is very confusing. I actually have half a page later. Where is Flora? I assume she died in the explosion. So because well, we're so we don't see her corpse right now. No, I mean, let's to, to go back. The end of season four. There's a gas leak caused by. Uh, did I say season four? Episode four. Uh, Black Bolt pulls a gas canister, so there's gas everywhere, and then Mortis pulls his mask up, so there's a huge explosion, and then everyone's just on the ground. We really don't know who lives and who dies, and who tells your story. Uh, based on what we see in that scene. Like, I was unsure which person they threw in the trunk. Yeah. Uh, Like, they imply that Mortis is alive and everyone else is just kind of questionable. Yeah, because Mortis does not get, like, taken away with them. Yeah. So, uh, we see a flashback, because we hadn't had one of those in too long. Mm -hmm. And it's Gorgon... This is actually like a fun, cute little scene. Gorgon has stolen the American flag on the moon. Yeah, that had been placed there by Neil Armstrong. And he's like, look at this cool thing I found. I'm going to put it in my room. Yeah, and it's all faded from having been in the sun because the, the, the moon doesn't rotate. So it's constantly in the sun at all times. So there wouldn't be dawn on the moon. So it's all like bleached. And they actually put the wires in it. So it's not like... Uh, flop down. Yeah. Because in the moon landing, they put wires in it so that the American flag could be seen because it's not, like, windy on the moon. Yeah, and he's just, like, really excited about having it mm-hmm. in a way that's, like, pretty funny. And then Kernak has to, like, talk him down and be like, you can't have that. Yeah. Like... A satellite goes by that spot every 28 minutes. They're gonna notice you took that. They're gonna notice it missing and see your hoof prints. So then, like, he has to go put it back. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we get to present day, and it's Gorgon tracking Karnak, and he finds, like, the blood spot, and for some reason knows it's Karnak. Yeah, I don't know how he would know, but he does. So then evil Nathan Drake uh, is talking to his buyers, and he's like, I need help getting these two people. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, where's the other guy? And he was like, oh, he had an accident. And they're like, and they're like, well, what did you do with him? And yeah. so he leads them to Ted's still open grave, and his buyers shoot him. Yeah, it's like, I don't like people who kill their own partners. Bang! Which makes sense. Yeah. If we find Nugget Nectar at Wegmans tonight, mm-hmm. we have to buy two. 
John has just texted us to beg. Okay. <laughs> That's why I wanted to say it out loud so one of us might remember. Yes. Um, okay. So Maximus is in the throne room and he wants to draft some more people to go to Earth. And he's looking yes. through everyone's abilities. And I have this note of, so nothing came of Arin overstepping her bounds. No. Of that our plan. Our, and no, my plan, I'm king now. Nah. Yeah, there's a moment, maybe, in episode eight. That oh, we'll yeah, get but to. like, at this but, at this point, we still think Arin's dead. True. <laughs> Spoiler, guys, she's not. She's not. Uh, so then Jen is uh, in pain because she was shot. Yes. Because Karnak indirectly shot her. Yes. And then he blocks her nerves and then, like, magically gets the bullet out using Karnak powers. He pushes. On her back, that makes it shoot out her front. Yeah, like he, the shortest distance is a straight line. I was so upset about this because I actually did write this down. It sounded like he said it's the rare occasion where the shortest distance is between a straight line. I thought he was being sarcastic. I, I was so confused by this whole thing. It's, it's, it's a very silly, dumb moment. Yeah, it's to get the bullet out of her. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, we're back at the lab and Aaron sits up like the Undertaker. Yes. And then my next note, where is Flora? Uh, Aaron then graphically stabs the lab assistant in the eye. Yes. When he tries to get the drop on her because yeah. a, a corpse has just come back to life. Uh, she She graphically in the eye stabs him. And then I laugh because in my research, I find an interview where the actors playing Black Bolt and Medusa talk about how the show is for kids. Yes. Because <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Comedy. And if you're wondering, they're still in, I want to call him Desmond, but I forget his actual. Evan Declan. Evan Declan's like lab where they're doing the research. And then this kind of assistant kind of just shows up to get murdered. Yes. So he shows up, he gets murdered. Hooray. Gory. Yeah, and like a pretty gruesome murder. Uh, LOL, remember when the actors playing Black Bolt and Medusa implied this was for kids? Ha ha ha. Um, Then we get like another cute conversation with Jen and Karnak. Uh, My main takeaway here is that I really like Jen. Yeah. And she's already been shot, so I don't have a great feeling about that. Don't have a great feeling about Jen, but she is great. Meanwhile, we find Mortis with Flora. Yeah. And they have Sammy. I was shocked to find. I was shocked to find that uh, Flora was alive. Mortis is still alive and still the most likable character. And still annoyed. Because he's quirky and annoyed. He's relatable. Mm -hmm. And so Sammy, like, burninates the vines that Flora has bound him with. He yes. tries to run off, but then they catch him. Mm-hmm. And that's how they know Sammy is also an inhuman. I'd also like to point out, if you're sitting here going, who the heck is Sammy? I mean, we get you. He was made not important in the episode four. He ran away and was assumably gone. Yeah, so he, ran, like, he ran away at the end of the last episode during the explo- right before yeah. the explosion. So he's just kind of back. It's... <sighs> the show's all over the place all the time. And... Um, Maximus makes it clear to Arin, who gets in touch with him, that Declan is to not be harmed. Yes. 
because Declan is doing research funded by Maximus. So, like, yes. don't hurt him. It turns out Maximus is using Declan for the idea that he could go through... A second Terragenesis. A second Terragenesis, which we don't really know yet. We don't know that yet, but if you're watching the show, you're like, oh, that's his plan. Yeah. Like, they're going to act like it's a reveal later, but everyone watching knows what's up. And then we get a scene, we get the one uh, Crystal and Dave bonding scene that we have to have for them to have a relationship. Oh, you mean the the Hawaii commercial we get? Yes. (laughs) Where they're at the beach, uh, Crystal, Dave, and Lockjaw go to the beach, and Dave, like, has Crystal go swimming with him. Dave actually yells, this is my office, which is from a Hawaii commercial. I thought that was from a California commercial. Like you know one, what? That might be from a California commercial. Yeah, where each line is somebody talking about, like, sarcastically of, like, and it's never beautiful here. Oh, you know what? That is a California commercial. So, very confusing messages here. <laughs> and Dave gives uh, Crystal the advice to just hang loose. And shows her the little, like, hang loose hand gesture and yeah. she tries to do yeah, it. Yeah, sh- shock a bro. Um, it should be noted... That when given the advice to hang loose, her home, town, planet, however you want to say it, is being run by a corrupt king and her family is missing. She decides to hang loose. Yes. Because Crystal is hands down the most useless character in the show. Oh, oh yeah. There's Get ready. I think it's... Crystal's entire job... Is to, like... You've seen Galaxy Quest, right? Of course. Where Gwen says her whole job is to repeat the computer. Yeah. Crystal's whole job is to have Lockjaw. Yes. But she's worse at it because every time she does take action, she screws something up. Mm-hmm. There, there's going to be a huge Crystal rant, I believe, at the end of the next episode. So Fair. let's jump into episode six. Um, so... Um, just trying oh, to actually, I, I do have one more note that we... We have a lot of episode five left. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I know that you would love to get through yeah. this, but we do have some episode five left. C- continue then. So, uh, we're back to them arguing. Them uh, being who? The royal family, Louise and Locus. Yes. Uh, in the interim, Kernick has and Jen have gotten knocked out and captured by the drug dealers. That's not really that important, <laughs> but you should know it happened. And Louise kind of points out that, like, Locus has a lot of good points. And Medusa's just still a brat. Yeah. Like, we're five episodes in, and Medusa is just still the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, and BB is Black Bolt. I'm too lazy to write out Black Bolt in my yes. notes. So if I call him BB, it's because that's what I have him in my notes. Yes. Kind of like Maximus is never called Max. Yeah. But I, I mean, call him Max all I the time in my notes. I Max as well, too. Because these names are long. Yeah. And... BB is also frustrated, but he doesn't speak, so yeah. he's less terrible because he can't say the stupid things <laughs> he, they want to say. Can't, he can't be annoying because he's silent. He can't voice his nasty... <laughs> his selfishness. Yeah, his nasty entitlement mm-hmm. the way she can. Uh, so we see Max in the throne room with his advisors, and with him is Brunage's father, who wants to join Maximus and be like conscripted into his little like lower class army to go to Earth. And Brunage is really concerned because he's afraid that his father is being sent to die. Yes. Brunage is, of course, the person who has visions. Yes. And 
everyone leaves and Max looks at the statue of his father in the throne room and says, thinks it's judging him. And then uh, genuinely mourns everything he's lost. And for a second, we get this idea that like Maximus believes his own hype. Yeah. Like, he genuinely is upset that he had to lose his family over this. He has made a lot of sacrifices. And no one else is in the room. So we have no reason to not believe this is who Maximus is. We are going out of our way one more time to make Maximus sympathetic. Right after showing us how annoying the royal family is. Yes. What side are we supposed to be on here as the viewers? Right? Like, this is the big problem with this. Uh, So then... Gorgon is still tracking Karnak, and he thinks about, like, what Karnak would do. Yeah, this is supposed to be the big, like, twist reveal payoff for this episode, is Gorgon was always impulsive impulsive, uh, to a fault, and then Karnak was planning and uh, calculating to a fault. So there's this moment where Karnak is a little bit more impulsive. Yeah, and Gorgon is a little bit more uh, calculating. Yeah, but to the point that Gorgon actually stops for a moment and goes, wait, what would Karnak do? I was like, okay, we get it. Yeah. Like, you're trying to do this arc in one episode, which is stupid, and you're just bashing us over the head instead of being clever. Good job, guys. And so Jen is tied up. Karnak is uh, dangling upside down and being hit like a pinata. Yeah, they get caught by the, the drug dealers. And he says, like, oh, I'll tell the truth. And he does. But because his truth is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm from the moon. <laughs> like, and then he's swinging around and he sees Gorgon hiding in the trees. And... He does a shockwave stomp, knocks everyone off balance. There's a big fight. And Gorgon goes to rescue Jen. And he says, like, I'm Gorgon. You're safe. And she goes, oh, Karnak talks about you all the time. And he goes, oh, he does? He does. And it's cute. And they're, by this point, the most compelling relationship. Yes. Between two characters. Uh, They hear some guns and they carry Jen to safety and find... The Medusa Black Bolt Louise Locust Party. Yeah. And Louise immediately, like, ducks down to tend to Jen, who still has a gunshot wound. Yeah. Uh, she's had, like, the wound stitched up, but, like, it's probably still hurt. hurts. Yeah. Uh, like, if I sit in the couch in one position too long, mm-hmm. it, it hurts. hurts. It hurts. Because uh, I'm old. And Gorgon, in a. I hate this. In something that never pays off. Gorgon looks Louise up and down and says, like, I like her. And I was like, are we leading toward Gorgon and Louise potentially having a romantic plot? No, we are leading to them having only this interaction. (laughs) And Jen's like, okay, I have to call the cops. You guys can't be here. Go. And Karnak realizes, like, you're sending us off before Dawn's first light. And Karnak is sad. Yeah. And he says their whole relationship lasted one day, six hours, and 46 minutes. Mm-hmm. So less than the waitress. Yeah. So so Jen's just gone. Yeah. Like, we will not see her again. 
She was our favorite character, and she doesn't die. She no. doesn't turn on them. She's just like, I've had enough of you people. <laughs> and my side hurts, so I'm going to wander off into the jungle? They're in the middle of nowhere. She's going to call the cops and like... With what? We don't know that she does not have a cell phone. If she has a cell phone, it's weird she hasn't used it until now. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> anyway. Like, from a viewing perspective, it seems like they made Jen the best character with the best <laughs> uh, relationship with Karnak. And then halfway through the show, they were like, I gotta go wander off into the jungle now. <laughs> Goodbye for some reason. <laughs> like, I was invested in this. It's because they couldn't figure... Like, some of this... We're going to get into this in the end. There's a lot of lazy, incompetent writing with this show. Oh, yeah. And this is one... uh, Characters being summarily dismissed in this Mm -hmm. fashion is one way to look at it. Yeah. Anyway, Locust collapses. But when Locust dies... (laughs) Because it turns out she was shot. Um, Again, a thing that just kind of happens. And she begs... Black Bolt and Medusa to be the king and queen they deserve. Medusa talks at her, and I have this moment of this poor woman's last moments. Medusa still manages to make about Medusa. <laughs> yes! And Locus is like, Crystal is nearby. Mm-hmm. And then a character who I never learn his name, I call him Jafar because he's a royal advisor to Maximus. Yes. And I didn't care enough to learn his name. Yes, he so also. So Jafar. Leaves the throne room, sees a bunch of robed men surrounding him, and is like, I, I'm loyal to Maximus, please don't hurt me, because he thinks they're Maximus's people. Mm-hmm. And we find out that they are a conspira- conspiracy of royalists mm-hmm. who want to take down the false king. And, and that's he, episode five. Yeah, and he says, Maximus must die. So, like, the last couple minutes of this episode... A lot of stuff happens. It's like, they all finally meet up together. Thank God. Jen leaves for some reason. Locust dies for some reason. And you know who we're not mentioning hmm. at all right now? Gorgon's team of Hawaiians. Oh, yeah, they're just gone. They're just gone. Gorgon, like, they were like, we're with you. And he's like, no. And they're like, we're with you. And they're like, no. And he's like, we're with you. And he's like, no. And they're like, fine. And then we just never see them again. One of them died. Yeah. For Gorgon. <laughs> For Gorgon. And they're just like, well, Whoops. he's told us to leave him alone three times now. So now let's actually leave him alone. Anyway. Episode six. Uh, we start off with Maximus having a nightmare facing down the royal family members. And it's obviously a nightmare. But in it, it's strongly implied Maximus is responsible for the death of their parents, death of his and Black Bolt's parents. Yes. Um, but it's so obviously a nightmare. The only thing that would make this not a clear nightmare sequence of him being confronted by the royal family is how badly the rest of the show is written. Yes. Of like, oh, I could see them skipping over so much of this and then being like, look, they're here to confront him. Mm-hmm. And I, I was kind of like, when it, it turned out that was a dream, I was like, why aren't they just going back? Oh, I forgot. They still haven't collected Crystal and Black Bolt. And or, I'm sorry, and Lockjaw. So, like, when I said they were all back together, they're missing that key point of, of, Lockjaw. of Lockjaw so they can go back. So, meanwhile, 
in the barn, Audrey is arguing with Crystal that Lockjaw needs rest. And yeah. that everything they do, every time they make Lockjaw teleport, it makes things worse for him. And then Audrey, we realize she's been too sympathetic. And the writers now make her want to narc on Crystal for being yes. a human. So she tries to take a picture of Crystal's face really obviously in the dark with her cell phone. You ever take a cell phone picture at night? Five years ago? <laughs> yeah. How how good and clear not do those good. pictures turn not out? good. And Audrey has been inside with Crystal for hours and doesn't think to take a sneaky shot. She no. yells like, let's make sure we get a good, clear picture of you for the police. And then Crystal... Let me really telegraph what I'm doing. And then Crystal lights Audrey's phone on fire. And Dave has the idea that Crystal should use her magic powers to send a signal to the rest of her family, which has not occurred to this dumbass. This here's the rant, guys. Yep, go on. Go on, go on. This whole show has been about nerfing these cool characters' superpowers. Yes. Black Bolt is the most powerful because when he talks, he can blow stuff up, but he can't really control it, so he just never talks. Yeah. Uh, Medusa has this powerful hair, but gets her head shaved, so she can't use it. Karnak can see the future in different ways and has, like, weird video games rewindy powers, maybe, but he hits his head, so he can't use it. The way Crystal gets nerfed is she just never thinks to use her powers. Is that she's too dumb. She's just like, oh yeah, I can control the weather. Man, that would have been helpful like a hundred times so far. Right? Oh god, the show. So, uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, the show does jump around a lot. Uh, Kurnak, they're, they're worried, meanwhile, the Kurnak, Gorgon, everybody, the whole royal family, and Louise. Yes. Uh, they're talking about what they need to do. And Kurnak is afraid he can no longer handle a big fight, and Medusa hypes him up. The first time we see Medusa, do something for somebody else. Yes. Uh, and then we see, in contrast, Maximus hyping up his conscripted guard made of the lower castes. As Brunaja and his father argue because Brunaja is afraid for his father's life. Right. And Brunaja also overhears Maximus as the conscripted go to Earth. He goes, well, if Black Bolt kills him, the citizens will hate him all the more. So Maximus immediately kind of says something that implies these people are expendable, which doesn't sit well with Brunaja. Right. Um, the next note I have is... He, he in front of Brunaja... Like, who's supposed to be his big, like, ace in the hole, because he can see the future, just discredits his father's life. Yes. And I was like, how can you be that stupid? Uh, my next note is, meanwhile, on the road from I Know What I Did Last... I Know What You Did Last Summer, because it looks like the road it where It looks like the, the road where they hit the man with the hook. And they're trying to find Crystal, but there's a road closure, Mm-hmm. And Medusa's like, well, why can't you drive? And Louise is like, because the car won't go on this road that doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Once again, they're trying to establish that they don't understand the humans. But I don't know. It, it never works, right? And Black Bolt and Medusa have an argument about Medusa trying to spare Maximus's life. 
And Black Bolt's like, why are you trying to protect him? And Medusa's like, I'm trying to protect you from killing your brother. I don't know why she suddenly cares because she wanted to murder him two episodes ago. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Maximus is being informed by Jafar that there is a conspiracy against him. And we get a flashback of Maximus being trained by Kurnak and Gorgon. And he gets the drop on Gorgon by being sneaky. Yes. So we see that that's like his main strength is being sneaky. Yeah, they're like, we have to teach you how to fight. And then he's like, I don't want to. And Gorgon's like, all right, fine. As soon as Gorgon turns his back, he hits him with a stick. And Karnak's like, good job. Yeah. like <laughs> you learned. It's a very dumb flashback. Yeah. And like so many of the flashbacks, there's not like a great reason for it. No. So... Uh, meanwhile, in the lab, Declan is discussing Aaron's regeneration powers with her. And he kind of implies that she's borrowing against her future lifespan every yeah. time she comes back. That was a great way to explain it that I don't think they say in the show. Yeah. I oh, think they your words are much better than what is explained to us. Yeah. Like, she mentions, like, my powers might not work as well anymore. Mm-hmm. But not that she's kind of borrowing against herself. Yeah. And that there is a limit to how much and how often she can regenerate. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Dave and Crystal find a high point and uh, Crystal starts setting off lightning in the shape of the royal crest, which no one notices but Louise. Yeah. And Louise is like, that's weird. Lightning never strikes twice in the same place. And then they're like, oh, it's the Royal Crest. We should go get our sister. Maybe it's my sister who can control the weather. Yeah. Like, what? (laughs) Oh, God, they're all so dumb. (laughs) And during this, Brunaja has a vision about Maximus and Jafar, but he claims he can't see it very clearly. And he says it's because he's worried about his father. And Maximus is, like, consoling toward him. Yes. We see Karnak and Gorgon bond and we see them like talking about approaching to rescue Sammy and Evan Declan. Cause then they have, cause just Karnak and Gorgon are on this rescue mission mm-hmm. and Karnak just walks up to the door because he knows that Aaron's going to know who he is. Yes. And so, and Mortis goes, shoot him. And Aaron goes, No. He wants me to shoot him. Yeah, he's too smart to just walk up unless he wants to be shot. And then there's a great shot of Karnak muttering, please don't shoot me. Please don't shoot me. Please don't shoot me. And then he goes, hi, Aaron. And she almost poops herself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, we're finally starting to like get into fun Marvel stuff. Yes, finally. And uh, then it's not... Then like Mortis sends Flora to go after Karnak. Right. Who... Is dispatched immediately. Like, Flora mm. is not in much of this. Uh, Mortis tries to get Karnak to talk and appeals to his ego. And Karnak lies to Mortis and says, like, I pleaded for your freedom and your life. They wanted to kill you. I didn't want to let them do that. Right. And Karnak takes advantage of Mortis's hesitation to choke him out. Karnak chokes out Mortis with a sleeper hold in three seconds. Yes. The face of death. Death himself passes out from being choked for three seconds. Yes. Okay. 
Yeah, that's the plot hole. So, uh, they also find out Sammy isn't human and assure Sammy that he's not a freak. Yes. So enjoy that because I don't think we see Sammy again no, after this episode. I never, yeah. He's not useful anymore, I guess. I don't know why Sammy disappears. And um, Kernak scares Brunaha's dad, puts him in a sleeper hold as well. And yes, Arin and Gorgon fight, but she surrenders pretty quickly because Gorgon is the best fighter in Adelan. And Arin is worried about her own regeneration powers. Right. Uh, Declan and Karnak tell each other the parts of the plot they don't know. Mm-hmm. Declan's paying for research. Maximus is the king. He deposed Black Bolt. Uh, Dave and Crystal are still in the high point making lightning. They make out. And that's when her whole family shows up. And they have like that kind of little moment of Louise going like, look, there are good people. I'm a good person. Dave's a good person. Mm-hmm. Not all humans are out to kill in humans. Right. So Mortis wakes up and is going after Gorgon and Arryn's like, Mortis has nothing to lose now. He's going to take down this building with all of us in it. Mm -hmm. Like he'll kill us all. And so Gorgon gets everybody out and then stomps and brings the building down, killing himself and Mortis both. Yes. Can't even let the black guy live in Inhumans, huh? No. No. So then we get another scene in Dave's barn. Louise gets to meet Lockjaw. And Louise has an extremely relatable mm-hmm. response to Lockjaw. <gasps> big puppy! Look at the big puppy! And then cops pull up. Yes. And Dave goes outside to talk to the cops. And Audrey shows up with the cops. Yes. Saying like, there's a big alien dog in here. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I love this because the cop then says, I want to see a big alien dog. Relatable. <laughs> Which, like, his motivation is not anything to do with crime. It's like, this lady said that there's a really big dog in here and I want to see it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I want to see the really big dog. While this is happening, Medusa is like... Thank you, Louise, for all that you've done for us. We have to leave. Sorry that you're inevitably going to get arrested for all the crimes we committed together. <laughs> yeah, that never gets brought up. And and they vanish. And then when they open the, the cops open the barn, Louise is like, there's the girl who locked me in here. And claims that she's dating. And she and Dave immediately play along. That they are in a new relationship and Audrey's a jilted lover. Yes. And Dave just goes, Audrey, just stop. Yes. And Audrey gets like a stern talking to from the cops about making up stories. What was Audrey's crime? Why does she deserve this? Because she saved a dog's life for free? Yeah. And had to deal with her ex-boyfriend who... What? (laughs) Like, let's be real. Her ex-boyfriend is clearly... Like, she's a vet tech, and he is a slacker? Yes, yeah. Like, if Crystal were to date Dave in a month and a half, Crystal would be like, I'm on Earth, let's go do something. And he'd be like, no, babe, I gotta work on my music. The band's gonna make it. I was gonna say, the band's gonna make it? <laughs> like, no, I'm a princess. 
ah, all these people suck. So uh, they find Gorgon's body because you know how it is with a comic book show. Unless you see a body, no one's dead. We see a body. Gorgon's dead. No, no. Uh, I can't express how little I cared about his death. I was bummed because at this point of the show, Karnak has become the emotional center of the show. Mm -hmm. So I'm upset because I'm like, oh, this was the character Karnak cared about. No, the character Kornak cared about was Jen, who wandered off into the jungle somewhere. Uh, meanwhile, the that you know that royalist conspiracy that we saw at the end of the last episode? Mm-hmm. Uh, they get caught, and Maximus <laughs> slits Jafar's throat, and then Maximus confronts Brunaja and knows that he kind of misled Maximus. Uh, you, thought, you think he could have brought up the fact that he had a knife? He's like, you didn't ask specifically if you had a knife. And then Maximus smears blood on Brunage's face and forces him to swear loyalty to him. Yes. It's disturbing. Mm-hmm. And that's how that episode ends. And that's the end of that episode. Two more. Episode seven. Uh, they... It starts with Maximus basically revealing that he wants a second Terragenesis. Yeah. This is his whole plan. Which, we're on episode 7 of 8. And this is the first time that he has openly stated that the reason he's king is for selfish reasons. Yeah. Like, like I said, we had pretty much figured that out by now. But, like... This reveal is a few, like, sentences changing would make him sympathetic again. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm finally going to get the terrorist genesis that I was denied so they wouldn't make fun of me anymore. Like, had they added those sentences, Maximus would have just been completely pure in his intentions. This is the only time where they openly make his intentions somewhat selfish. So, Black Bolt holds... All of Orin's people hostage. And they hold a small funeral for Gorgon. And then Kurnak, in a fit of pique, breaks Orin's neck. And is going to return. They know she's going to come back. Yeah. So they just are like, okay, I'm going to send... They're sending her back dead to Maximus. Yes. Everyone knows she's going to come back and be fine. But it's to send a message. I think we might have also missed something. I don't know if it's happened quite yet. Okay. But uh, we have a surprise return. Yeah. That turns out the the fish man from episode one that died in the opening is alive. Um, what is his name? Triton? No, we have not hit that. We yet. haven't hit that yet. We are about to. Okay, I'm sorry. I um, this is what I was talking about. Of like, uh, trust. Just trust me when I do when I'm doing the summaries a little bit. Okay, I just was trying to make a joke. Okay, I love you. So, then Crystal goes to Maximus and like, we want parlay, which is something most of us only know from like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yes. She tells Maximus like, Gorgon is dead and we're returning your people to you in an act of good faith. And Medusa and Black Bolt are having a conversation and Lockjaw howls mournfully as they see someone approach. Mm Mm-hmm. It's Triton! Yeah! Hey, do you remember me from the first episode? No? Because I wasn't that important? From the first Uh, scene of the pilot and the never seen again? Oh, well, I'm here. You might not have known this about me, but my name's Triton. Uh, My power is swimming. And I have knives. And I'm back. 
You care about this. And I'm not the guy from Angel. Crystal and Medusa embrace him joyfully and Lockjaw takes a nap. <laughs> That's literally what happens. And we find out that Triton faking his death was part of Black Bolt's plan. Yes. Black Bolt has a lot of secrets. Probably because he can't talk. <laughs> There's also this kind of, okay, we don't have Gorgon anymore. So now we have Triton. Yes. Like we have Gorgon at home. Gorgon at home is Triton. So they sneak back to the palace on the moon and they're in what's called the Royal Bunker. A place most of them don't know anything about. I, I think the only person that knows anything about it is Black Bolt. Yeah. Medusa doesn't even know it exists. And then Declan's like, so where are we? And I yell, why is he here? Why did they take Declan to the moon? It actually turns out to make sense. But at this point, we're like, why is he here? <laughs> and where is Sammy? I don't know. And, but like Louise was so desperate, like, I've done so much for you. Can I take you? Can you please take me to the moon? And they're like, no. Hey, scientist, we're going to the moon. (laughs) I will say this is later justified. So Medusa is straight up pissed. Because she feels Black Bolt's been keeping a lot of secrets. And she wants to be included in the plan. In response to all this, Triton goes, I am a head out. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get going. No one really cares about me anyway. Uh, then we get a scene with Auron and Maximus where she is laying on someone's bed. His, hers, don't know. Because uh, nothing, none of the set design really has. Who in Maximus? Auron. Auron. Um, we we don't have anything with set design that signals that this is his home or her home. Yeah. She just wakes up on a bed and Maximus is like, there you are. Yeah, you were dead again. And they have an argument and she goes like, you know, why are you like this? And he goes, what do you care if it gets you what you want? And then I point out, what does she want? We've never really been told what Arin wants. No. We don't know anything about her backstory. We don't know if she was lower caste. It's implied she was a fighter and a soldier because Gorgon trained her. Yeah. Which I I feel like the soldiers are higher cast because the two main soldiers we know are Gorgon and Karnak. Yeah. And Triton. And all of them seem to be enjoying the higher cast. Yeah, well, I guess being a soldier comes with having a stronger ability. Yeah. So, like... You're pretty much guaranteed to be a soldier is if your whole thing is, if you die, you come back. Yeah. And then she says something about, like, you've done so well considering, and he turns on her. Like, because yeah. he takes it as, like, you're saying that because I'm practically human. You suck. I hate you. Mm-hmm. And they're about to have the parlay, and before they do, Declan describes his research to Karnak. And the terms of the parlay are that the royal family will give Maximus back his soldier and allow him to go through a second terogenesis. Yes. If he abdicates the throne immediately. Mm-hmm. And Maximus gets the scientist. The scientist is led back to on his side by armed guards. And then Maximus is like, nah. Yeah, he's like, suck. I accept. He gets a scientist and goes, nah, actually, I think I'll just be king. Yeah, it, it's very much a psych. Yes. Uh, so a few things about this scene I want to bring up. Okie doke. Uh, Maximus uh, or Black Bolt's like, well, now I'm going to kill you when I come back. 
which he could do right now. I guess there's, <laughs> there's the whole, like... But I guess he's honoring the parlay or whatever. There's also a ton of people around, and yeah. I don't know how his power works. Mm-hmm. Whether it's too much collateral damage. Right. Uh, also, in a very interesting uh, set design, everything is black and white, and there are four stone circles Yeah, uh, that are black and white set up like the game Othello okay. or Go. I thought that was very interesting and like fun, because usually when you have this like black and white, it, it again inspired thoughts of Lost. Because there's the theme of black and white being compared to a game of backhand and Lost. And now we're doing the same thing, uh, but it's Go. And in Go, or Othello, I'm sorry I keep confusing the two games, it's all about people flip-flopping sides. Something that was once, once white becomes black and becomes white again. So I really liked that visual imagery. Because it's, it's set up the way you start a game of Othello. And I was like, oh. Oh. Someone put thought into this. All right. <laughs> so, uh, we get a few quick things in succession. All of the texts have been conscripted into Maximus's Secret Service. And there's starting to be mechanical issues in the kingdom. Yes. Uh we see in flashback that Medusa totally planned to gloat about Black Bolt's dead parents the first time she went to go see him. Mm -hmm. But they connected over something else instead because they felt similar. Because they looked into each other's eyes. (laughs) Um, And then Kernak asks to bring Gorgon back through second Terragenesis and Black Bolt forbids it. And Kernak walks away... And we then realize he has his full powers back. Yes. Because he has seen the flaw in Declan's research, but decided not to tell Declan that. But he knows it. Mm-hmm. So we get that little, like, nugget of information. And he has a scene with Arin and appeals to her doubts about Max. And extracts her DNA to help Gorgon. And I have... Did Arin turn face here? Yeah. I, I think this is supposed to be the, the flipping, like the the Othello imagery. Because Arin flips to help Kernak for reasons. Kornak's kind of flipping black here because he's going against the king in his actions. So it's kind of like this constant flip-flopping. So then... Uh, they decide that they're going to do it. Kernak does the second Terragenesis, nothing happens. And they hear Declan and Maximus approaching. Karnak and Arin agree to flee, but not together, and just leave Gorgon stuffed in a Terragenesis machine. Yeah. And then Declan and Max are outside, and they kind of have something like, Maximus laments that this is not how he imagined it, because the first time he went through Terragenesis... Everyone he loved was there. Yeah. And now he doesn't have anybody. Nobody loves him. Yeah. Not even Arin. And then we hear something loud and spooky happen, and Maximus runs away with the guards, but tells Declan to stay there. Yeah. Declan doesn't even say he loves him. What no. a, it would have been a perfect moment if he'd been like, I love you, Maximus. You funded my research. And then they kissed. 
So then Maximus goes out with his guards and Triton emerges and Triton does Triton things and falls his guards. Yeah, it turns out Triton is the coolest character. Uh, my next note, <laughs> Triton is cool. Maybe we should not have seen not seen him for six episodes. Because he's pretty delightful. In he's killing sequence. everyone like he's freaking like... Assassin's Creed? His inhuman power is that he's an action hero from the early 2000s. He's got like a sick song with it, too. Yeah. He's got cool weapons that you would want if you were a 12-year-old boy in a Halloween costume. So then uh, Triton beats Maximus in hand-to-hand combat, and they bring Maximus to the bunker. And we find out that Maximus has initiated a failsafe that all of Adelan will die when a protective dome is, and if he doesn't stick his hand in the scanner every so often, the dome will fall apart. Yeah, basically, there's a self-destruct that he has to stop from happening every hour. And then I have a note, oh, we finally remember to make Maximus evil. Yeah. And then... Finally. We are are towards the end of episode seven. And then the post-credit scene is that uh, Declan hears something, and Gorgon has awakened in the Terragenesis machine. Mm Mm-hmm. I have, this is easily the best episode so far, and it also had the least crystal, even better. <laughs> uh, I want to just make a small note here, just because it's a thing that I noticed, especially in these episodes. Yeah. Everyone's eyes are so shiny and wet. Yes. Like, so often you can see something being reflected in their eyes. Yeah, it's probably like bad lighting or... It's done enough that I think it's purposeful, but I don't know why. So, last episode. Here we go. The finale of Inhumans. So now they all die. The end. What do you think? (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Now that Max, they know Maximus has this kill switch. uh, Black Bolt says, "Like, okay, we need to make a plan to potentially evacuate Adelan if it comes to it." And so that's what like Medusa, Crystal, and Lockjaw are up to. Uh, Medusa shows up at Louise's, and Louise begs to go to the moon. Yes. And that's kind of like Louise's terms. Louise is like, I learned to negotiate, which is really hard for women, and I want to go to the moon. And Medusa's like, no, we're leaving the moon. Yeah. You need to help me. So Louise is going to take her to her boss that we haven't seen in eight episodes. Yes. Meanwhile... Uh, Karnak gets arrested and is... Uh, well, before we get to that, th- there's there's something very important, maybe, that happens. Where there's an argument between Black Bolt and Maximus. And, like, Maximus is like, oh, you're so pompous and all this other stuff. You, you know, we... You're, because you have this... Your voice is this big power that is supposed to be... Uh, to protect us from our greatest enemy, the humans. And Black Bolt signs, not the humans. Implying that there is something else that is that Black Bolt knows about yeah. that he's been trying to protect the Inhumans from. Yes. So this is the season two hook. Yes. Is whatever this would have been. I don't know what it is, because they don't tell us. Yeah, because I actually... Uh, I actually have a note there of he unpacks his bitterness at Black Bolt. You went into a lot more detail than my notes did. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to freak out about it a lot later, so I wanted to make sure that we have that. Uh, Karnak Kar- gets apprehended. He gets thrown into the quiet room. How 
Uh-huh. How does Karnak get surprised? And then uh, Gorgon also gets thrown into the quiet room. Because surprise, he's alive. Well, yeah, we, we established that in the last episode. He also... Yeah, uh, Karnak doesn't know that. Yeah, uh, but Gorgon also murders Declan. So there, that happens. Uh, he throws him in, he like murders him, throws him into a Terragenesis cell. Quiet Duolingo Al. Mm-hmm. Um, so this whole episode is a race against time for the, fa- against the failure of the dome. Yes. I also want to point out how Karnak gets, uh, or not Karnak, how uh, Gorgon gets captured. Yeah. Karnak, <clears throat> let's try this again. Gorgon walks at, or runs at this one woman who I have nicknamed Lady Purple Nap Time. Because Gorgon just runs at this woman, she waves her arms, something purple happens, and then he falls asleep, and then we never see this woman again. Oh, yeah. Who the hell is Lady Purple Nap Time? Mm. So, Gorgon throws Karnak against the wall in a rage, and Karnak begs Gorgon not to kill him and says, like, I understand, I did this against your will. And they kind of have this moment of bonding. And Karnak is like, we can get out of here. I designed this room. We can do this. And Gorgon goes to stomp, do his like sonic stomp. And Karnak is like, oh yeah, I designed this room to withstand Black Bolt's powers, not yours. It would have been easier if you kicked like two steps to the left though. Yeah, where the door was. Uh, Crystal finds, Crystal goes to Eldrak, the portal guardian that we saw like four episodes ago and forgot about. And he agrees to help Crystal with the evacuation. Yes, if she can put together the shrine of of the the silver silver monkey. monkey. Because it looks like Olmec. Yes. I think I might call him Olmec in my notes later. (laughs) Uh, Maximus finds to find Declan dead and that there are no crystals left. Yes. He calls for Brunaja and he makes Brunaja see a prophecy that he will be the undisputed king of Adelan and Blackbolt will be gone. Yes. If you are listening to this, I will, and you have not watched Inhumans, the prophecy states, by the end of this, you will be the undisputed king of Adelan and Blackbolt will be gone. If you don't know what happens, pause this right now and leave a comment of what you think that probably means. Because I'm going to assume... That you're a smart individual, because you're listening to this podcast, and can figure out exactly what that means. The moment this is said, I lose all interest in this show, because I know exactly how this ends now. So Louise brings Medusa to her boss on Earth, and her boss is like, what is this crap? You're insane. And then Crystal shows up with Lockjaw, and Louise's boss is like, oh, I guess we're going to go talk to my boss now. Louise's boss throws up, (laughs) just like the vet does. This this really upset me. Okay. Because he then says, after he sees a teleporting dog, says, I'll get my boss. That is such a setup for a cameo. Yes. Like, I was like, here comes Sammy Jackson, or here comes Coulson, or something. Yeah. We will never see who he contacts. So then, uh, it turns out Medusa stole all the Terragenesis crystals and gives them to Louise. And Louise's boss has arranged a place for the Inhumans. And Medusa and Louise are weird. And then Crystal goes, yeah, Medusa doesn't have that many friends. And Louise goes, neither do I. (laughs) Like, real excited about it. 
And Louise goes like, look, if you're having to evacuate Adeline, you clearly can't take me to the moon. But can you take my dad to the moon? And hands the toy with her father's ashes. And Medusa's like, well, yeah, that I can do. Yeah, sure. And so Medusa takes it. I so wish, like, spoiler for later on, she does take it and, like, nicely buries it somewhere. Yeah. And gives it respectful. I really wanted her to get back to the moon and her to just take it and throw it. Like, hey, it's the moon. That's over. <laughs> just dump it. Or, or throws it in Maximus's face. And he's like, <coughs> is this a dude? <laughs> so Kernak realizes that Maximus might think he can stop the damage at any time. Yeah. But he can't. Mm-hmm. And it might already be too late, according to Karnak. And then when he sees Gorgon, Black Bolt is not pleased. And essentially, like, signs like, did you put him through Terragenesis again? Yes. And Karnak is like, yep, I did. <laughs> and but at this point, it's like the third time he's had to explain it. Oh, he's going to have to explain it like three more times. And I was just like, oh, we get it. And then it just keeps happening. <laughs> So, uh, then they realize, like, they're going to need a go-between if they're going to have one last audience with Maximus. And they go, okay, who wants to protect Maximus and Adelan? And obviously, it's Arryn. Mm-hmm. And so, Arryn brings Medusa in and says, like, look, I am sworn to both of your safety. No one here is going to be injured during this summit. Yes. And Medusa is like, do you feel good about what you did to me? And he's like, well, now you know how I feel. Losing, Mm. not having powers. And Medusa's like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. Like, I treated you poorly. I forsook your friendship when I started dating Black Bolt. Like, she kind of takes the L Mm. and has some level of emotional growth. And Maximus gets, like, the wrong message out of this and goes like, well, I'll spare your life. Go back to Earth. Like, go back to your friends on Earth quickly while you still can. His whole thing is like, well, I won't kill you. Yeah. Like, all aren't, forgiven. Aren't I great? <laughs> all forgiven. Don't die. Just go. And then she goes, well, I have something you want. And she holds up a Terragenesis crystal. And what mm-hmm. do you say? Well, the, the whole point of this is she's saying, if you step down, yeah, I think, again. Yeah, if you step down, I will give this to you. And Maximus goes, give it to me. And he goes, you got to step down. And he goes, give it to me. And he goes... This is your last chance. And he goes, give it to me. And I was like, she's going to throw it out the window. And just as I say that, she breaks it against the, the floor. And it's the equivalent of like a kid going, give me a cookie. And you going, say please. And he goes, give me. Say please. Give me. Well, now no one gets it. <laughs> That's a garbage cookie. Well, your now. reaction is, I would throw it out the window. And then she does. <laughs> And then he tells her that she'll die for this. And Max is like, Aaron, kill her. And Aaron's like, I can't. No, we I had a whole thing about this. Went over this moments ago. And she dismisses Medusa. So then uh, they're going to evacuate. And Medusa and Black Bolt address the people of Adelan and tell them that they're going to need to evacuate. And Max is standing on the balcony, losing his crap. Lies. It's mine. And at that moment, Arryn really sees Maximus for who he is. Uh, this is when 
And Maximus is like, I can fix the dome. And Arn's like, the city's in ruins. Yes. Well, <laughs> he says, uh, I, we've saw the prophecy. I am the undisputed uh, king of Adeland. And Arn responds, open your eyes. And I go, yeah, the audience figured it out 20 minutes ago. You're going to be stranded here. And so Max tells Arn to stand outside of his room and stand guard. And she goes, okay, well, I will take my leave of you. And he goes, thank you. Your loyalty means everything to me. Your call is important to us. <laughs> uh, then we get the little, like, two-second two scene of Medusa respectfully burying Louise's father's rocket ship in the moon rocks. Right. Um, so then Gorgon and Karnak have a confrontation where Karnak goes like, I'm sorry. What I did to you was against your will. Mm-hmm. I want you to live, but if you want to stay here and die, that mm-hmm. is your decision. Yes, and Gorgon goes, what did you do? And Karnak explains, once again, I put you through Terra Genesis a second time. Yes. It does come up again in this conversation. Like, oh, I better bring up the fact that I put through Terra Genesis a second time. So then uh, the royal family is in the gateway. And Black Bolt's like, I have to handle Maximus. And Medusa's like, what if something happens to you? And then they make out. And it's somehow less meaningful than the prior scene between Karnak and Gorgon. Yeah. Like, their familial relationship is more compelling than Black Bolt and Medusa's romantic relationship. Yeah. And then the entire royal family, including Crystal, who is here uh, and has done nothing this episode. <laughs> Thank God. Travels via Lockjaw. Yes. And so now they're in the throne room and... Maximus realized, oh, they're in the bunker. Excuse me. No, wait, my bad. They're in the throne room and Maximus realizes like the dome's going to collapse and it's my fault. And then admits to Black Bolt, like what happened to their parents was Maximus's fault. Yeah. How was it their fault? His fault, Lara. Explain this to me. Maximus forges the royal seal on a document that would subject Black Bolt into uh dangerous and brutal brain surgery and uh black bolt in horror confronts his parents and before he realizes what he's doing asks why Mm -hmm. and then his parents are evaporated yes black bolt at that moment forgets what his power is and instead of bringing the document to them (laughs) and going huh yells why at them (laughs) well we're supposed to get the idea that like Black Bolt at this point doesn't have full control of his powers yet. Like, he's young and doesn't, like, under Like, he still slips up, I guess. I would understand that if we had not been giving the flashback of Black Bolt's power is too dangerous. You will never hear your son speak again. Yeah. Like, I'm guessing he's not going around accidentally talking and bringing down buildings. But Maximus's plan had been to scare Black Bolt into running away to Earth. Not for him to kill their parents. This is all so stupid. So then Maximus is like, just kill me now too. And we get a close up on Black Bolt's mouth. And then... Like you see his teeth? And then in the scene, Black Bolt's fist drifts into view and he punches Maximus right in the face. Yes. Maximus wakes up in the bunker. And we establish that there's enough food and water in the bunker to last for eternity. Mm-hmm. And then Black Bolt locks Maximus in the bunker and leaves. Leaves. So Black Bolt... <laughs> Black Bolt walks out, looks at the building, and speaks. He says, Goodbye, brother. But in, like, 
wobbly superpower talk. So we have to rewind it and turn the subtitles on to figure out what he said. I'd gotten goodbye. I didn't get brother. Uh, but that's enough to bring the bunker like down in on itself, sealing Maximus inside. The palace down in itself. The bunker is unharmed. Right, right. But now he's just sealed underneath. Mm-hmm. And the dome is starting to flicker out as if on cue. My next note. Huh. I hope Aaron made it out. She seemed okay. And then Maximus realizes Brunage's theory came true. Yes. He is the king of Avalon and Black Bolt is leaving. Yes. Uh, Black Bolt runs through the palace. We get a random upside down shot. This is like the third one this episode that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And he makes it to Olmec who tells him to hurry and says like, I'm going to die when the city does. So you got to go. And Black Bolt makes it through right before the dome collapses entirely. And the ruins of Adelan now sit in a crater. Yes. So we get to Earth and it's... All of the main Inhumans and Louise. No Dave. No Dave, no. And everyone is back in their original royal family outfits. Yeah, they've, they took time to get changed. And Medusa's like, you should be happy. And Black Bolt looks at her like, you know that like I killed my brother and yeah, stuff today. Yeah, it's been a rough day. And says that, And he signs that we have traded one danger for another. So they go out and Medusa speaks to the people and he, she says... We face an uncertain future, and we face it with hope. And that's pretty much where the series ends. Oh, you forgot one scene. I did, apparently, because I don't have the notes here. The throne then weirdly glows. Oh, yeah. To set up something for season two. (laughs) And that is Inhumans. Uh, I think my main beef with the show is how lazy the writing is. Yeah. They like having certain characters, but they don't know how to get rid of anybody. So they just have, like, Jen and Dave weirdly write themselves off. Yeah. Like, oh, well, we've served our purpose. Goodbye. And don't forget the Hawaiians. The Hawaiians were just like, we will die for you, Gorgon. All right, we'll get going. (laughs) Like, Sammy, who is an inhuman and is therefore in danger. Yeah. At, At the end of our previous episode of Stay Doomed, I made the prediction that three more people would be revealed to be secret in humans. Yeah. But instead of that happening, they all just leave. <laughs> yeah. And the only way they understand how to humble people is by nerfing them entirely. Yeah. And obviously, like, nerfing superhero powers for plot reasons is an old, old trope. Yeah. Most superheroes at some point go through, something goes wrong with their powers. Yeah, the nerfification process. Like... A good example for you guys is Iron Man 3. Yeah. When Tony doesn't have a suit and anything, and he has to go back to being Tony. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Like, this is a very normal thing. Mm-hmm. But we didn't get to see them be superpowers yet. <laughs> we didn't get to see them be super and awesome. And we never, re- like, they do it to everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not like... Medusa is humbled in this season and then Kurnak next season. It's everybody has to essentially lose their powers. Mm -hmm. And it's lazy or Crystal just doesn't think to use her powers. And Crystal is so spoiled and bratty. You would think that she would over rely on her powers all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's lazy. It's very lazy. Uh, I did do a little bit of research. Okie dokie. 
because uh, I watched my boy Trailer Drake's video. Comics Drake. Comic, for, on his Comic Drake channel. And he talks about the Inhumans. And we touched upon this, but I think we should go in a little bit of detail. The Inhumans, as a comic series, were not created to be an alternate for the X-Men. But basically what happens during this time is the Marvel Cinematic Universe cannot use the X-Men. And the person in charge of the comics uh, didn't want to promote things that couldn't become movies. So there was a lot of less X-Men hype. There was also a lot of less uh, Fantastic Four stuff. Because why would they produce comics to promote a movie that eventually will not go give money into their pockets? In fact, the big uh, Inhumans tie-in story, because this is a big Marvel thing, was to really start hyping up characters ahead of their movies, mm-hmm. was a magical cloud was making people Inhumans, and it was killing off mutants. Yes. So they were killing off vast swaths of the X-Men. Yeah, th- that arc was called The End of X. <laughs> so, like, all of the, the mutants are dying. And Matt Fraction's writing at the time for Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. Uh, and basically, it's Inhumans, which is a series that have been around for decades. Yeah. Starts to be rewritten in a way that Terra Genesis, which started as a choice, becomes something that happens naturally. So they start to replace the mutants. Yes. So this was entirely created to... Or adjusted so that we could take a spotlight off of X-Men and onto these Inhumans. The comic Drake makes an amazing point where he points out the calendar for that year. Yeah. And how it's the Marvel Comics calendar, which was all gold and silver era magazine or comic book covers. No X-Men, no Fantastic Four, despite them being major, major properties. Yeah. It was all Iron Man, Cap, Hulk, even She-Hulk. Yeah. And, like, the caption on one of the She-Hulk ones references the X-Men, and they just change it. Yeah. It's... The the comic strike video is really well-researched. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely include a link uh, to it as well. And I'll probably include a clip in of it. Also, hi, Drake. Also, hi, Drake. I did reach out to Drake, and he hasn't gotten back to me. Because uh, I wanted to know. Cause, and I'll, I'll get your thoughts on it. He's probably recording or taking a nap. Yeah, he, he's probably very busy. Uh, <laughs> Drake's a busy dude. Uh, but... What do you think this other enemy was that they, they reference in this episode? These episodes. Do you know? No, I don't. Because I couldn't. I find could not. On. I will say the showrunner knew what the first three seasons roughly were going to be. Mm-hmm. I also I did like that they went out of their way to not kill that man. Like I like that they didn't kill Maximus because it does leave the door open for someone to go get oh, Maximus. He was definitely going to come back. I also think they left the door open on Medusa's parents because Medusa's parents are banished. Yeah. So we don't know where they are. So like there was definitely stuff in order that they could uh, play at. Uh, my guess of what this other force might have been that they were worried about, one, maybe... Uh, do, do they own Galactic... Galactus? Um. Because I know they don't own Surfer. I'm trying to remember if Galactus shows up in Rise of the Silver Surfer. I don't, I don't know if he does. Because I didn't see that movie. Because <laughs> I was trying to think, like, what's a big threat that we haven't seen yet? And my other thought that we had... Galactus does show up 
in Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. Okay, so it probably wouldn't be that. Yeah, it seems like he's in... Maybe Onslaught? Because we haven't seen Onslaught yet. And he's kind of a, a big deal in the comics, low tier in the knowledge of comics yes. uh, villain. Also, this would be before anyone had seen a scroll. Yes, because we don't start seeing scrolls in the MCU until Captain Marvel in 2019. So I was thinking maybe scrolls are this other non-human uh, threat that they might be facing. Yeah. But other than that, like, I'm, I'm not super familiar with the Inhumans as a comic. Uh, Crystal um, was supposed to become a recurring character in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, really? Just and to then, get more lockjaw time? Well, to keep, they wanted to connect these two shows, much like the DC television. Right, right, uh, right. How all of those shows are interconnected in various ways. Mm-hmm. They wanted to do that with the Marvel TV shows. But then Inhumans was incredibly poorly received, and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. showrunners were like, thank you, but no. No, we have enough problems without having to try to solve yours at the same time. Yeah, this show was panned. I will say, the last couple episodes do pick up significantly. Medusa becomes a less annoying character. Mm. Uh, More stuff happens. But by this point, most people have probably fallen off watching. And this is... Inhumans wasn't really streaming. 2017 is like kind of just before. It is not until episode seven that the characters who are at odds are in the same room. Yeah. I mean, it's not until episode six that the characters are in the same room. Yeah. Like they're always so separated. Like the major bad guy for the first couple episodes is evil Nathan Drake. (laughs) And I do really despise how those plots were picked up and dropped of like, we never see any of those people again. I really wanted evil Nathan Drake to get out of the the grave and be an inhuman. Oh, that would have really wanted that. That would have been interesting. Yeah. So we can't have that. Uh, Yeah. That, that's just, we clearly like, we don't kill Jen or Dave so that they can maybe come back, Mm -hmm. but they're not that important. So maybe they don't come back. Yeah. Or Sammy. Uh, Sammy, I think, was the most egregious character we dropped. Yeah. Because, like, think of the value of Sammy to the royal family. He is someone loyal to them that is an inhuman that no one in Adelan knows has powers. Yeah. Like, he would show up and be everyone would be like, well, who's this guy and what can he do? Yeah. That's... That's powerful. And it's also, you know, Hawaiian representation on the show that takes place in Hawaii. Yeah. And he's the most senior, senior, senior's a weird word. He is the most prominent ethnic Hawaiian character Mm -hmm. and they drop him. Like, how, like. Because like Dave and Louise, Louise is not from Hawaii and Dave is white. Yeah. But, like, I could totally see the scene where they stumble upon Sammy after he's like, like, He's killed someone, and there's just, like, a body next to him. And then people run in with guns, and, like, who's this guy? And Sammy could just be like, I have laser eyes. And everyone would be like, oh, no, he has laser eyes. And then they run away. I also want to mention how many people the royal family I was there when Mortis died. Yeah. (laughs) Like, kind of a half lie. Yeah. I, I also want to point out that the royal family kills... Hundreds of people? Like, Triton alone kills a room full of people. Yeah. Maximus killed a person. 
Well, Maximus Granted, has, he's going to exterminate everybody on the, on the well, moon. Well, Maximus has a bunch of people killed. Maximus has the conspirators killed. He has the genetic council Are banished. Oh, okay, okay. The genetic right, council is banished. The um, conspirators are killed. He directly kills his Jeff advisor. And has Arin kill the head of the genetic council. So it's not exactly a bloodless coup. Yeah, it was rather bloodless until episode five. Yeah, it was bloodless until they realized he was too sympathetic. Yeah. Uh, any more fun facts to talk about here about this show? Uh, no, I do think it's super interesting that it appeared in IMAX for... Uh, That's so wild to me. And it was like a big... It was a big deal. It was a sneak preview about a month before the show actually aired. I vaguely remember this now that we're talking about it. I remember it, but I remember being like, I'm not paying to go watch a TV show. Because I remember having this conversation of like, are we supposed to go see this? <laughs> like, do we, is that in our bones that we have to do as nerds? But the advanced, like all of the advanced hype for this was bad. Yeah. Yeah. The advanced hype for this was really bad. Uh, Everybody hated Medusa's hair. I know that. And there was a panel in, like, the ABC upfronts that just turned to Hell in a Handbasket. Like, the uh, showrunners didn't want to answer questions, and the audience kind of turned on them, and they actually called off the panel early. Really? Yeah, like, so there was a lot of bad advance hype even before this. I wish we had watched that panel. (laughs) And uh, you know what took out uh, Inhumans out of the IMAX theaters? What? It... It. Yeah, uh, the Stephen King Pennywise movie. Oh. Uh, just was a runaway hit that nobody saw coming. So they needed the theater space? Yeah, they wanted those IMAX screens for It, which was a runaway, uh, unpredictable hit because it was... There are not a lot of, like, R-rated runaway hits like that. Yeah. I think that's something, like, when we look back on, like, the history of movie theaters that we will discuss a lot is the fact that IMAX became this big thing, but there was still only one theater per location. So there was like a battle to have that slot because IMAX tickets cost more. And IMAX, when a, when a movie is shot for IMAX, it can be incredible. Yes. Uh, I've heard great things about seeing Dune in IMAX. Yeah. Because Dune was shot with that in mind. This show was shot for TV. <laughs> That's a really good point. Ah, so TV. This was shot to be watched at your house. Yeah, and I think this is a major point that we need to bring up. There has been at this point, at the point where this is airing, a lot of Marvel stuff. Yeah. Like, there's been movies and mostly just movies and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., really. Yeah. Uh, This is the grunchiest, bloodiest of all of them. And it's on ABC. And has sex. Yeah. Multiple characters have sex. Which isn't done most other Marvel properties. It's so weird to be like, we're saving the blood for network television. Like, wait, what? Okay. Yeah, this... We want, the, we want as many children to see this, so we want it beamed directly into their homes. So this was... This was a rough one. Yeah, so it's verdict time. Uh, this is a stay doomed. Stay doomed for you? Yeah, I mean, 
episode seven and eight were a massive upturn. Yeah. But by the time we got to that, I have to figure most people had stopped watching. Yeah. Uh, for me, like, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I had a good time watching it. Uh, mostly, I think, because I like a lot of the actors. Yeah. Uh, because I watched Lost. Yeah, Anson Mount, who plays Black Bolt, had already been cast in Star Trek Discovery as Christopher Pike. Before Inhumans was technically canceled. Yeah, he knew, he saw the writing on the wall. Yeah, uh, I liked him. I like uh, Declan because he was Desmond from Lost. I like Kernak because he was Miles from Lost. Uh, but like, did I enjoy watching the show? Yeah. Would I want to watch more of it? No. <laughs> like, honestly, yes, but not for the right reasons. <laughs> like, if you told me, hey. Inhuman season two is coming. I would just laugh at you. Be like, really? Why? This is going to be terrible. Yeah, I think we probably watch the first couple episodes of season two and then just fall off it. Yeah. It would never be appointment television. Never. So it's a stay doomed. This show feels like it pun- It would punish you for watching it week to week. Yeah. Like, I didn't hate this show because we were watching one episode a day. Yeah. So we didn't have to wait a week in their, like, awkwardly engineered cliffhangers? Yes. I liked this more than Turn Up Charlie. This was twice as long as Turn Up Charlie. Damned with faint praise. And did not feel nearly as long as Turn Up Charlie did. Yes. I agree with that. (sighs) So, what are we watching next week? So, Mm. gentle readers, gentle Mm. listeners, it's that special time of year again. Razzy Month! Yes. Uh, we have gotten our ballots to vote in the 42nd annual Razzy Awards because yes. we are now Razzy voters. Yeah, we do not know what the nominations are, but what we've received is basically a short list of like, hey, these are things that we think are pretty bad, and you can write in whatever you want. Yes. Uh, so. That being said, when you look at. Uh, the movies that keep coming up in their suggested nominations. Yeah. Uh, you can see the writing on the wall for certain things. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and push all our chips into the middle of the table and assume that this movie will be nominated. And we will start Razzie Month next week with, on Netflix? Netflix. Netflix. Diana the Musical. Diana the Musical. This, this, this one kind of feels like it's coming for me where I live. Mm-hmm. They're like, it is a pro, it is what is called a pro shot. Did you watch Hamilton during lockdown? That's what this is. It's the same kind of thing of, it is an empty theater being filmed. Yes. Uh, for Diana the Musical, which if you'd like to see it on stage, too bad. Right. It's already closed. Yes. Uh, so it is a pro shot of a musical based on the life of uh, Diana, Princess of Wales. Yes. I am not going to lie. Pretty excited. Pretty excited for it. Uh, also, spoiler, uh, I, I don't want to give away all the secrets that the Razzie folks were nice enough to give us as members of that. But I will say, currently missing from the shortlist of uh, worst films was Dear Evan Hansen, which we are able to do write-ins. And I'm, a, I'm writing oh, it Oh, we are writing it in. I will say, Dear Evan Hansen was the most fun I had in a movie theater. In 2021. Dear Evan Hansen was the most fun I had in 2021. <laughs> um, we, we attended several friends' weddings. Um, 
Uh, that being said, I think at least one bride and groom might agree with us. Yeah, it was so, so fun. Dear Evan Hansen was literally my birthday party. Yeah. Um, it was my birthday party. You rented a theater very kindly. Mm-hmm. And we uh, we watched Dear Evan Hansen, just the six of us in the theater. Yes. And, and it was... laughed and laughed and laughed. We'll be actually uh, doing that again soon. Yes. I rented a theater for Jackass Forever. Yeah. Super excited. Uh, but thank you guys so much uh, for, for listening. Where can... Oh, be sure to sign up for our Patreon. Yeah. Uh, currently, uh, by the time this gets out, the new crowdfund crypt may be up about our absolutely favorite non-Disney uh, roller, or amusement park attractions. Yes. Uh, if it's not out yet, then this is a fine reminder to me as an editor to jump on that. <laughs> Uh, so you can sign up for that, and for just $5, you'll get that. Plus, you get to vote on things that we watch here and talk to us in our Discord. Discord's fun. Where can people find us? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you were put through Terragenesis again, I'm at Plus Two Comedy. If you only exist as a TV series... Because nobody at the Marvel Cinematic Universe cared enough to make you into a movie. I'm at Bean Bunny Lives. Until next time, stay doomed. <laughs>